I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. Welcome to Online for Authors. This is an interview with Kyle Gillette and his biography shares. I've experienced both great success as a business owner and frustrating failures. My successes were the result of great mentoring and coaching, while my business failures, unfortunately two of them, were the result of not seeking the coaching and guidance I needed. These experiences have led me down, unbeknownst to me, a very specific path. From men's mentoring to pet resorts, to HR, and my experiences running a successful personal training business, helping people reach their human potential through the power of mindset has always been my path. Kyle has helped small business owners and leaders around the world to take their businesses from good to great. He is an ICF certified coach, behavioral analyst, and creator of the Sage Mindset Leadership Framework that helps people gain clarity, build confidence, and generate new clientele. As a mindset coach who specializes in helping clients understand how their thoughts affect their lives and businesses, Kyle understands what it takes for someone's mindset to change. His focus is on helping his clients build powerful self-awareness in their life and business create extreme accountability to achieve big goals, dreams, and results with a mindset of growth that fosters empowerment for others so they can have the most influence possible. He's the host of Sage Mindset Podcast, developer of the Sage Leadership Framework, the Sage Mindset app, and owner of Gillette Solutions, a coaching and consulting organization. Welcome, Kyle Gillette. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Thank you. Self-awareness, accountability, growth, and empowerment, the acronym for SAGE. Do you share a little bit more with me about how SAGE came to be? Yeah, the medium-length story about that is when I was in college, I was very lost and very confused about what to do with myself as I was graduating. I'd gone on a trip to India with with some friends and with my church and had connected really well with a guy named John on the trip that was from the college area. And he called me up as I'm about five or six weeks from graduating from college and says, hey, uh, I'd like to I'd like to tell you about this program, this men's mentoring program, and see if you would be interested in working for it. So I said, okay, sure. I'm looking for anything right now because I was so desperate. I had no job prospects. I was very, very lost of what to do. And so I went and interviewed at this this place. And when you drive onto the property, you've got this long driveway out into this this country area. It's 40 acres. And you, you drive over this bridge, over this creek. And then on your right is this chain link fence with a bunch of dogs barking. 
And then in front of you is this idyllic green grass area with the American flag standing up there in this this farmhouse built in the 18, late 1800s. It's just, it's just beautiful. And then off in the distance, you've got this other chain link fence area with a bunch of dogs barking at you. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? Where am I? Yeah, then there's these couple barns because it used to be a dairy farm. So there's these other barns on the other side behind me. So I walk in and I do the interview. And at the end, they say, hey, do you want the job? And I'm going, wow, I've been here for 45 minutes and I'm getting offered a job. Well, the job was to live in a house with these guys that are off track in life, 18 to 25 year olds that needed to get traction in their life, drug, alcohol, broken families, just struggles in general. And I'm this guy currently struggling. I'm going, I should live in the house as a student rather than be a leader. (laughs) So long story short, I accept the job and end up working there for nine years. I live in the house for a year and then have various other jobs. The program, the program has a pet resort. So that's why there was dogs barking and chain link fence. And then I run the program as an executive director for three or four years as well. All of that to say during that time frame, it was nine years, I was mentored. And that mentorship was this coaching mentorship combination that opened my eyes to the power of coaching, to the power of mentorship. And that gentleman had run 30 different businesses in his life, and many of them extremely successfully, retired very young to start this nonprofit. He is still doing it in his 80s. He's still doing it. Started in his, in his late 40s, maybe early 50s, and has done it for 30 plus years. Wow. And it clicked with me that wow, I could actually do something like this, but it took about six years before I finally started this business and everything started to come together. So that was the the very first catalyst to the whole whole thing for me. And Sage came out of this experience of, gosh, there's so much to this, but I had a desire to start a business and I'd run three other businesses prior, two failed and one succeeded. And once we moved up to Washington State, I was going, man, I really, I really want to run my own business. I want to do my own thing and have the freedom to do what I want with my business. And so I started doing workshops on behavioral assessments and, and people's communication styles and that type of stuff, but it wasn't my tool. And so I started really thinking about what is my leadership framework? And I'd spent months thinking about it after I started the business. And so, and I woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning to the voice that a voice said to me, self-awareness. And that was the click point for me that went, oh, that's the word I needed to create this acronym because my business was named something else prior. And so I I ran into the kitchen and sat there for about four hours in the middle of the night, scribbling out as much as I could and everything that I could as it related to Sage that I knew at that time. And it it became the very foundational point of Sage. And then now it's blossomed in a very much, much more (laughs) things since then. What does it mean to have a sage mindset? Yeah, so sage leaders are people that that realize that they look at their leadership like a leadership house, where self-awareness is the foundation to great leadership. If you have high levels of self-awareness, you're going to have a great foundation to build your leadership on and to influence people. Accountability is the nails that holds a leadership house together. Without accountability, a leader's influence, a leader's ability to move their business forward, move their people forward, it's going to crumble. And, and unfortunately, we've seen it when, when things fall apart, where there's not an, quite enough accountability. And sometimes it's on a smaller scale or it's just a project, but other times it's a huge scale and a whole business will crumble. 
Growth is the, the walls and the roof. The idea here is that as you build your leadership house, you need to remodel and adjust. And sometimes you add an addition and sometimes you adjust within yourself, adjust the, the things that are going on as, as you lead as well. And empowerment is the windows and doors. So this is the idea that people can see into your leadership and step into your leadership, step under it. Because these folks are sage leaders, they are consistently looking for ways to empower those that they lead to the point where often those that they lead leave because they look out those windows and go, oh, there's an opportunity for me. And the sage leader says, go for it. You've been trained. You're ready to go. Now you can go be your own sage leader and lead your own team as well. So uh, it's the sage leadership house is the way I like to describe the, the framework and the process that I use with my clients. Very empowering. Totally. It has to be. Too many leaders are trying to do everything themselves. I just got off of a call with a client before this podcast, and she's trying to direct too much, telling people what to do too much. There's a point when you need to do that as a business owner, but most of the time you don't. Most of the time you need to help them learn how to think for themselves. Sage leaders realize this because they use all four of those pieces to make it possible for the people they lead to come into their own as leaders. I know having been in an employee role before that the micromanaging or the helicopter type of an environment is not something that I found the best environment for me. Correct. Yes, I agree. <laughs> for me too. I used to work at a senior living place and oh, it was a nightmare of an experience, but the COO came out and she was going to inspect and, and investigate the facility and see how things were going. Mm. Long story short, she spent the whole day, eight plus hours. She basically locked us into the facility until we got some things organized in the exact way she wanted it. She spent eight plus hours criticizing us. A few times I heard her say, why are these people so stupid? Why can't they figure this out? And I'm mm. going, you think we're going to want to continue working for you if that's the way that you speak to us? I was not long to stay there. That's for sure. I don't I, even I, like that word. I don't even like that word. There's so many other ways to to tell somebody that there's a possibility of doing it differently. Yes. There's always a way to find something positive Yes. Uh, that somebody's doing. Yeah. It's easy to critique. It takes very less, a lot less energy to critique someone than it does to find them doing something good. It's, it's just easier to do that for some reason. And people, unfortunately, will default to that. As they become more of a sage leader, it takes less energy to praise, less energy to encourage than it does to critique because you don't think that way anymore. And that's that mindset shifting part that's so important. I think it helps a lot. be a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you learn by, you know, error. Yes. Hundred percent. You're a parent as well. Yeah, three daughters. Wow, wow. Yeah, they're and they're all ten or under. So I'm we're in the throes of it for sure. <laughs> the next few years are going to be so much fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Preteen, preteen time. Here we go. <laughs> wow. Why did you decide to write a book? Yeah, after working with with clients for four years and then being part of that mentoring program for for about ten years. I realized that there's a lot of mindsets and habits that that people kind of know and and know they're powerful and they're useful, but they they can't really describe them in a way that that makes sense. They can't really pinpoint 
what's working, what's not working. And so in the book, I take several mindsets and habits based on the four pillars of SAGE. And then I describe out through stories, through metaphor, through my own life examples, client examples of what you can do to embody that mindset, how you can be better at that specific habit. And I walk through all four of the pillars. And then at the end of the book, I talk about the steps you can take to implement Sage Mindset into your business, into your life. Because it's not just a, a practice for a business, it's a practice for life. Because it's when you when you think about the four pieces of it, we we need to be self-aware. We need that accountability in our lives. We want to maintain that growth mindset and consistently be looking ways to empower others to be, do, and achieve more than they thought possible. Yeah. So I wanted to write a book that embodied all that, put it all together in, in a form that's very practical, but also memorable through the stories and examples that I share. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, when I, when I wrote the first draft, because I'm in the middle of the, the editing and all that now. But so when what I wrote draft the, are you on? Oh, gosh, don't even start, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's but, not go there. Okay. But I mean, let's, let's say, I'd say draft four, maybe, is what I'm looking at right now. Good. But I, I just, I gave myself a goal of, you need to write 5,000 words a week. And I gave myself 90 days, 5,000 words a week for 90 days. And I pulled it off. And so the book was done. And then it, I've added a lot since, but that was the, the heart of it was done. And then we've made adjustments. I've made adjustments since then. And it, it was a lot of fun because it was just fun to discover the stories from other people's lives, the research, all that stuff came together. But of course, the goal is to help people be more people focused and realize that the real resource in a business, the real resource for the leader is their people. Totally. And that's the, the best resource that they have. And if they can draw that, draw the abilities and talents and, and grow those people, their business and their leadership will be significantly more successful than it is now. Even if it already is successful, there's still insights and ways that you can get to that next level, to that sage level. So as I understand it, you, the reason you decided to write a book is to have impact, but you're also looking to use it as a tool within your business. 100%. Yeah. The book is a standalone. It, it works. You read it. You can get all kinds of insight from it and use it. But it's also a tool because ultimately it's connected to an app that I have. It's connected to masterminds that I have. And all those things come together so that the practices, the ideas within the book tie together really well. Because I've found that I'm, re I'm listening right now to The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a oh, great it's book. Heavy. Yep. Yeah, but the catch is I'm not quite sure how to implement it myself. So <laughs> what I did with my book was I created a way for people to implement it using a journaling process that's in an app so that they're prompted based on the different habits and mindsets in the book. They're prompted to think about four of them at a time and, and journal on it record what their thoughts were, rate themselves every, every day on how they're doing in each of those areas. Mm. So that in short, you're guaranteed improvement. Because if you, if you monitor and track what you're working on, you, you improve, period. There's no other option because you're paying attention. And so the book combined with that helps to create that progress for everybody that, that puts them together. I think it's key what you said there is that they're paying attention. <laughs> Just being human in that these souls, these human bodies, this human experience, a lot of it is so autopilot. 
And so when you talk about paying attention, that's a different level of awareness. I mean, we could wrap it into what level of awareness that is, if you'd like. But let's let's talk about the value of that. Let's talk about the impact of actually shifting and pivoting your mindset to paying attention and and the value and the impact it could have, like the ripple effect of this. Yeah, I think one of the primary things that that I've noticed in the research and in working with clients is most people aren't very present. Most people aren't in the moment and they they struggle with that. We talk about multitasking and people are proud that they're multitaskers. And I can't tell you how many job descriptions I've seen where the the person puts down that they're a multitasker or the business is asking for that skill. And it's not a skill. It's not a reality. And we don't need to go into the science of that, but, but it's just not. And what it does is takes your attention from various things. And instead of being able to focus on one thing at a time, you're, you're pulled to all, all kinds of different areas. And I, I liken it to windows. Every window in a browser in, in our lives can represent a role that we have. So that window that's open is a role that we have. And the tabs within that window are all the different tasks that we're trying to accomplish within that role. But if you have your, your marriage hat on, your marriage window open, you have your leader window open, you have your recreational window open, whatever it is, they're, if they're open, you're being pulled in so many different ways, which means you're not truly present when you're having that important conversation with your spouse or that important conversation with that employee. And so a big piece of this is pulling people, getting them more centered and, and aware of what's going on in the moment so they can actually tune in to the people around them, actually tune into the problem, yeah. be able to focus and pay attention to it and resolve it in a way that makes a lot more sense than just throwing something at it or, or hoping something works out. Well, the fragmented and divided, right, is, is really, you know, when I think about I too have that. I multitask. I do. But at the same time, I don't like to have to. Yeah. You know, I, when I am able to give, like in this situation, you're getting 100% of my, besides the mind jump that's going on in here, because, you know, ultimately it's a constant struggle, right? That it's in there. It's happening. You know, we're talking about this, but we're going to be talking about this next. And so I'm already thinking about what we're going to be talking about next. But ultimately outside of that, you're getting my undivided attention. And that doesn't happen very often with too many things. Our children, our pets, our walking out the door in the morning, having a coffee in the morning, looking at the sunrise. Like, who does that, right? Who does that? You listening to the birds, right? Like, we need more of that. Yeah. Like our souls crave it so much. And we change as people when it's actually part of when we're aware, (laughs) when we are paying attention to the fact that that exists. And how how did we get to the point, do you think, that we have these blinders occurred and, and we weren't paying attention anymore? Because we were, we come into this world paying attention Correct. and being aware. And then suddenly we're not. Yeah, we became a society, a culture of doing rather than being is, is the, the core of it to me. And when you're a kid, your imagination is celebrated. Your creativity is celebrated. 
But as you get older, you, you have to be doing, you have to be achieving, you have to be accomplishing. And especially for business owners, because that entrepreneurial mindset forces you to be doing and achieving, but you don't rest. That's damaging. And there are some entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are very creative and it's a beautiful thing. They use their imagination and that's extremely successful. And it's wonderful, but a lot of them don't. And then that, that creates this, this problem of, of doing and not being. One of the primary habits that I have in, in self-awareness is this, the habit of silence okay. and practicing that habit. And I describe it, there's two, two angles that I go at, because there's, there's a lot of books written on meditation and mindfulness and all that. And so people can read a whole book on this and it's, and it's valuable and they should, it's worth it. But in the section of the book that I talk about it, I talk about there's these transitional moments where you transition from role to role and you, you have a window open. And right now my window is kind of promoting, I guess, that's the, the role I'm in right now is promoting or sales as I talk about my book. But when I close this window, I'm supposed to go to lunch with, with a, a mentor. And that's a whole different role. So I need to close the window and the gap between when you and I are done talking and when I get up from my desk and, and get in the car to go meet the mentor, that's where I have a moment where I can transition, where I can be very purposeful in it. And the way to do that is to be still, take a few breaths and, and be quiet and be silent and just experience that moment for 10 to 60 seconds. It's not a big ask. When I talk about this in the book, I'm not talking about after every single meeting you have or every role change from talking to an employee to getting on the phone with a prospect. I'm not saying you need to sit there for five minutes and, and do a yoga pose or something. I'm saying 10 seconds to 60 seconds of deep breathing and allowing whatever just happened for you to kind of experience what that was for you to reflect on it. Or in that same 10 to 60 seconds, ask a couple questions. What did I feel? What did I experience from that conversation? And that brings people to be present again. And then they can be instead of do. And then once, you're, once you are being again, then you go off and you do, of course. You got to wear that hat again and go open those tabs and go do the work of it. Yeah. And then the second approach is, is a, more of that meditative approach. I have a sage meditation that I have people do and that I do as well. And it's a reflection on what am I learning about myself this week? What have people told me about myself? What insights have I gained? You know, where do I need to be accountable? Um, what are the things that I'm dropping the ball on? Just a reflection on all four of those pieces of, of the model. And you spend one to three minutes on each of them, asking yourself some questions or letting things run through your mind as you think about growth. How am I growing? And you let things just run through your mind, but you're silent and you get present. And all of a sudden you do start to hear the birds, like you said. You, all of a sudden you do start to notice things in, a, in different ways that you didn't before, but we have to be silent and we got to get rid of these. Yeah. Phones. We have to remove them from our presence when we do these things. When we try to be silent, we have to remove the devices, remove the computers. And sometimes all you need to do is close your eyes to pull that off. Mm -hmm. And another way is to get the phone out of your pocket. <laughs> Don't put the phone in your pocket. So I got real practical there. That's a part of one of the chapters in, in the book. That's wonderful. I think one of the things that happens for me that like you say, getting rid of the phone. When I'm doing interviews like this, I used to find that my phone would interrupt the interview, not only in noise, but also in internet. It would, the bandwidth and what have you. If I had a text come through on my phone or I had an email come through, it would actually 
cause a disruption in my service. And so I started putting it on airplane mode. So I will not get anything. It's the ringers off. It's on airplane mode. Nothing is going to distract me right now. As a matter of fact, if there's an emergency, it's going to have to wait. Yeah. It's, it's just, that's just, I'm not going to find out about it until after I'm done. Yep. And I, I wish we could do that more often. Uh, our, I'm now looking at a generation with the child that I have where these devices were around from the moment they were born. And they don't have a period of time where they're not divided. Their attention is divided. And they've actually learned to adapt very well, given the fact that this is the case. But, I, I, you know, I've said on many occasions, your eyes need to be right here when I'm talking to you. Otherwise, I don't feel like I'm being listened to. Because that's, I, I, I'm going to give you my undivided attention. I'm going to look in your eyes when I'm speaking to you. I want to see how you feel when I say this word. I want to see what your reaction is. I want, like, I'm not listening with just my words. I'm listening with my eyes. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching and being perceptive in, in more ways with attention than you being on your headphones, not looking at me, not talking to you while you're looking at my face, you know, and, and something else is going on that maybe is more important. You know, there's that feeling right away. It's like, how important am I? You know, so I think these things are very important to bring up and to focus on. And so I was glad to see that this is part of your your book and part of, you know, the, the sage mindset and and the energy that you're giving to empowering other people with this knowledge and and taking it back to, yeah, these things are important. Yeah. And I, I think one of the keys in my own habits is every every Saturday, I take extra time to reflect, extra time to look at my week. I track a lot of things. I track what I do throughout the week in six different categories. Because I believe if you if you have the data, I mean, we have data on our favorite sports teams. We have data on our bank accounts. We have all kinds of data on, on lots of different things, but we rarely have data on our own performance, our own self-awareness. It's just, there's no data there. And then there's no accountability there, which makes it harder to grow. And if you're not growing, it's way more difficult to empower other people. Mm. So every Saturday, and that's, again, that's why the app is going, it's, it's almost done, but that's why the app will exist. <laughs> Uh, once the book is out, the, they'll synergize because then you get to track. You'll see your data. You'll see 1% improvement over time. I'm looking time. forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. But on Saturdays, I do a, a weekly review and part of it is I read my vision and my values. I work through my goals, uh, which is a, another whole conversation. It'd be fun to talk about, but we'll look through all that stuff. And then I ask myself some fundamental questions. I pick a topic yeah. and I go, okay. Uh, the topic is my daughter, my youngest daughter. And I go, what should I do more of with her? You know, with my mind about her, my attitudes, my actions with her, what should I do less of with her? You know, maybe, maybe I could be less harsh or less demanding. What should I start doing with her that I just never have done before that I really should start doing? What should I stop doing and what should I keep doing? And you could take those five questions and apply it to any particular topic. So you, you need to pick a particular topic, otherwise it's too broad. Maybe it's an employee that, that a listener is struggling with, or maybe it's 
uh, a relationship that they're in, or it's a project that they're working on, whatever it is, marketing. And you ask those five questions and it allows you to really dive in on the topic and become more aware and again, more present with what's going on there. And then you're clear on what actions you can take as a result. I've been doing this for like four years and I have this huge laundry list of all these things that I've been looking at. It's been powerful uh, as a result of doing that work, what I've quit, new habits I've started, the things I've continued to motivate myself to do. That's just the surface of what's possible when you be instead of do, because you actually pay attention to what's going on around you. Well, there's clarified intention. Yeah. Like it's take away all of the the junk, you know, get it right down to what's important. And it's clear and focused intention. Yep. 100%. Wonderful. So when do we expect your book to come out? August. Ah, wonderful. Yeah. So can you tell me some things that you might have done differently online or in your day-to-day habits that didn't exist before you decided to write a book? Yeah, I didn't track myself before I wrote the book. I always have to do to do lists and I have all that work that that's always existed for me, but I never picked the particular things I wanted to pay attention to. So that's one thing. So now I have, I have a, it's just a Google sheet with stats about very specific things that I track that I'm doing in my business and way I found my clients and all that kind of stuff. Now that I've written the book and there is a lot more strategy to writing it, you know, I needed to have a clearer plan of what is this book about? Who am I writing it to? What's the flow of the book going to be? And since then, I've also realized that I need to have that same thing as it relates to my content. I need to have a flow of my content that I create when it comes to spreading the word about what I do and how I help people. And then the same is true for my clients. As a result of putting all this work into the book, I've gotten a lot more clarity on the mindsets and habits that they need to have and spotting them too. Because I don't tell my clients what to do. My, my, that's not my role. My role is to, to ask them questions so they can discover the actions and mindsets and things that need to shift in their business and their life. But oftentimes these habits and mindsets that I've written about totally fit in there. And so then we, we start to work on those things. And it's, that has been a very, very empowering, of course, for them and for me, because it, it gives you a little bit more stable ground to know where you are personally, but also stable ground to know where they are in their own journey and the process of becoming a better leader. You're helping them do the introspection. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And so the, the questions are, you know, I think what happens when we're asked a question is we look for an answer. We have to come up with something, right? So there's a trigger point. If you're not asked, you don't think necessarily about it. Right. So it's a it's a catalyst to get you to think about that sort of, and I could see how everything that you're doing from a personal point of view and your book writing point of view would give you more tools to ask those clarifying questions or to get to those trigger points. Yeah. I mean, I'm a business owner's thinking partner because what most business owners don't have is a thinking partner because they're at the top. 
And yes, they, they may have a good team and they can ask them questions and stuff, but there's only so far that that team can go with that leader because there is this little bit of a resistance from most leaders to really, really fully open up and divulge the struggles and the issues that they have both personally and professionally. And so I can be that thinking partner to pull out those insights. Recently, as a result of this writing this book as well, I, I realized that there's there's steps that lead up to that leadership house. And those steps are the steps that I take with clients because often people, they come to me, they're like, well, you know, I have 10,000 emails that I haven't read or I'm struggling with this employee or I'm struggling with this or I need more time. Those types of kind of low level issues. And, and that's tactical. You know, there's some stuff we can do there to tactically help the person. Very very simple things like check your email three times a day, but don't ever look at it again so that email doesn't rule your life. You know, those, those simple types of things that help. And then there's strategic. Well, what kind of conversations do you have with this employee? How often you meet with them? But the next level is habit, which is, okay, how do you live your day? How do you live your work? What, what are the attitudes? How do you gesture? How do you speak? How do you present yourself? All those types of things gets into the habits. And then the next layer is mindsets. So we're getting closer and closer to that sage house. The mindset is, what do you think about this employee and where did that come from? What do you think about this problem that you're dealing with internally or externally? Where did that come from? What can you do about it? So it's much more mindset. And then finally, it's transformation. Transformation is something that I can't control and they can't either. It's these moments where the mindsets and habits work together or the mindset starts to work together in such a perfect way that the, the uh, client transforms in that moment. They have that aha, and then they shift. It's like in books where you have this chapter that ends, and now you're moving on to the next one. Same thing here. Those transformational moments are new chapters in the lives of my clients. And so my hope is that as people read the book, they experience those transformational shifts where it's a new chapter in their leadership. It's a new chapter in their life because there's this significant habit and mindset shifts that are happening and boom, they become a different leader as a result of that. And that's that transformation. And that's where I try to play and stay with my clients is in transformation. I don't get to control it and neither do they, but that's where we try to get to as often as we can. I can see the finding and processing through the limiting and beliefs in what you're saying. And I can also see the, the peeling of the onion uh, type of a, a mentality where, you know, you would take it one layer at a time and gently go through the process as best you can, you know, and then and let whatever's living live to see whether or not it needs to exist, evolve, or disappear. I can, yeah. I can see those things in what you're explaining. It's um, an interesting process to go through the writing of all that and, and go through the learning and growing as a result of doing that. So you would find the book writing process has been definitely a growth process and a transformation for you yourself. 100%. Yeah. I already have the next book in mind <laughs> that's still based on Sage, but it's a, a singular leader that I'm going to focus on. And and that's going to be 2023. I think I'm going to start at the end of Q3 is the goal. Q3, start working on that one mm. uh, for 2023 and, and go after it because it, it's a beautiful journey to write. It, it really is. And often you might get more out of it than anybody else because <laughs> you're clarifying so many things about yourself and about the way you think. And my hope is that other people can identify with that like crazy 
also, and they can learn a ton from it in the process. Maybe someone who's feeling like they're a little overwhelmed and it's time that they actually need some help leading their team or their business can get in touch with you to see if they you have some clarifying solutions and direction can help them build momentum and processes to get through that part of the growth in their business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, sagemindset.com is a great way to connect with me. And you have a free leadership assessment there. Yeah, so the assessment measures 24 leadership behaviors and the frequency in which someone does them. Self-assessments are notoriously uh, inaccurate, <laughs> Yeah, un- unfortunately. So what I chose to do was to do it based on frequency. Typically, we can reflect and know how frequently we do something, you know, rarely or almost always is the, is the range. And so people respond to that. And as a result, then they get a 12-ish page report with individualized statements for every single response that they gave that gives them insights to what that response means for that particular behavior. And then I give them a video response as well as to what I see in their report and in their results and give them an opportunity to connect with me directly, have a conversation and dive more deeply into what those results mean. They can work with you from the point of view of coaching one-on-one. Do you have courses as well that they can take in? I have two courses that are about to go up. One's on uh, productivity and the other one's on creating balance. So they're close. Very good. Very good. We're looking forward to you rolling all of those out. Looking forward to your book coming out. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing part of the journey with me. Thank you for sharing more about what Sage Mindset, the framework and the business itself is all about and why it is so important to bring it and have this impact in the world. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.